if someone is watching or listening to this right now and they want to grow their organization, where would they start? Welcome back to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. Uh, Matt Smith here. I am the founder of All or Nothing in Real Estate. And this podcast, this movement is a way for me to give back to the industry that has given so much to me. So thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about growing pains and scaling a real estate business. And we're going to also mention, um, we're going to break down the step-by-step process on how our team doubled our agent count in less than two months. Um, In about a 30-day period, we added 20 agents to our organization last year. We're going to talk about how we did that, maybe go into some growing pains we learned from that, and maybe you can learn from it as well. Um, So for this special show today, I've got um, our COO of our organization, Ryan Reagan. Ryan, welcome. What's up, guys? Dude, um, so let's just, let's start with, um, if someone is watching or listening to this right now and they want to grow their organization, um, like where would they start? Where do you start? If you decide what, what helps you to come up with a decision of, Hey, I want to grow. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the first thing to think about is why do you want to grow? Right. So you've got to consider what, where, where you're at currently as far as agent count goes, but also is your desire to grow, um, necessary, I guess. Sure. If I'd say that. Um, does that actually get you towards your goals? Like some people don't want to sell over a thousand houses like we we do. Some people want to live in that box of 200, 300 or, or less. Um, so I would, I would see if the desire is actually there first off and see if you have a desire to lead more people. If you're watching this podcast, you probably do, um, have a desire to grow your organization, but I think that really, is where it starts is get clarity on why you want to. 100%. Um, having clarity and clarity and capacity first come to mind to me is number one, we'll get clear on what you want and more importantly, why you want it. Um, and number two is make sure that you are at capacity of your business now before you just start adding pieces for no reason. Uh, I talked to a lot of people and in, in people that want to start a team or a team leader that wants to grow and they talk about, well, I want to have a team like yours. And I dig into the why. Why do you want to have a team like mine? And well, that's just the cool thing to do, right? Well, how many houses have you sold yourself? Well, I sold five last year. How many did your team sell? Well, we sold 22 and you have six agents. You probably got some work to do before you bring in new people, right? right? And so that's not to like poke fun at anyone, but that's just to show as an example of growth. You don't grow just to grow. You need to have a, a end goal in mind. Start with the end in mind. Why do you want to grow? What impact do you want to make? What is your training process for your agents? What's your operations support? Like there's a lot to put in place before you um, go into growth. Um, and a lot of that stuff we had kind of learned throughout the years as we have grown our organization to, we started with um, me, we added Ryan was actually my first hire as an assistant. Um, we grew buyer's agents, then we added listing agents, and we've just added operations staff, added marketing. And there's certain things as you're growing and building your organization, depending on where you are and where you want to go. It's about doing the right next thing in the right order. So uh, my coach, John Cheplak says, just do the next right thing, right? That's how you win. It's uh, we overcomplicate things. And so break it down into what is the next thing you need to do? And then do it, right? I think the execution part of growth is is very important. Well, and I think a lot of people, um, you've got to think like, do you have the operate? It depends on the level of support you want to provide to your agents. But 
um, do you have the operational staff to support the agents that you want to bring on? I think if you would have looked um, beginning of 2020 or even 2021, a lot of people would have thought that maybe we were operations heavy, but we knew we were, where we wanted to go because in the past we were kind of lagging behind the yep. oper operation side because we just started selling a shitload of houses. Dude, such a great point. But so we we had a focus in the past few years of grow our operation staff so that they are legitimately like waiting around for our agents to get in gear and sell the number of houses that we really need to sell to support um, that level of operations. Yeah. So step one is to audit your current business, right? Yeah. Um, and that's something you can get with your coach. Um, it's something that I do for a lot of my coaching clients. If there's any way I can help you there, please reach out and I'm happy to um, to help any way. But you have to do an audit of your own organization and um, learn from our mistakes, if nothing else, is that we would, um, like many entrepreneurs, we grow when it's necessary to grow and we grow at the worst possible times, meaning that once our TCs are at 120% capacity, then we decide to hire another TC to help. Yeah. Well, how is that 120% capacity employee that's already overwhelmed, that is already barely scraping by going to train someone else? Right. Right. And so our new role is we're going, we grow to where we are going, not where we're at. And so we are just very, very conscious of that with every part of organization, whether that's lead generation, whether that's marketing, whether that's operation support, whether that's agent count, like we just, it's something that we audit regularly to make sure that we are growing the right way. And kind of a rule of thumb is once you're at 80% capacity for like, say an operations team is at 80% capacity and you want to continue growing, it's time to hire now, yeah. like immediately. It, it took, I mean, we we've learned a lot of lessons the hard way through this is like it took burning some people out, unfortunately, you know, before we decided like, oh, crap, we need to. And a lot of that comes from like, we've been thankful to have really, really great people. Yep. And so you, you see what they're great at, and just assume that they can keep handling and handling more. Um, but that's not always the case. And you don't want to put somebody in that position. So start by getting out a, ahead of that. Like you said, whenever somebody gets to 80% capacity, really start thinking about, all right, we need to bring somebody else on so that they can be trained properly and up and ready to go whenever we start um, seeing the increase in sales. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's predicting, grow a predictable business, right? Track your numbers, grow a predictable business so you can grow predictably to where you're going. And it's, it's not never perfect, right? But it gives you an idea. And there's another part there too, is that we have burned people out before. And I know I talk to other people that are in that stage or have people in that stage, and it's very, very tough to get past that. Um, but what you have to remember if you're a leader listening to this, or even if you're just part of an organization is if the company doesn't grow, you can't grow. And so we're, you're all in this together. And so if you have people that are quote unquote lids on your organization, it is your responsibility as a leader to help them understand how duplicating themselves actually makes them more valuable, not less. And you've got to give them the, the freedom to do that. You've got to get them the training and you've got to create that leverage for them and hire at the right time at the 80% versus 120%. So they can do that. But ultimately, um, it has to be that person's choice and realize they have to understand and trust their leadership, trust the mission of their company that replacing themselves isn't be so they become replaceable. Replacing themselves is so that they can grow and they become twice as valuable at yeah. that point. Yep, 100%. And it just takes a lot of open conversations uh, with those individuals um, in the in the areas that growth is needed.
Yeah. And so we're assuming everyone already has a team that's listening. So let's just let's break this down a little further. If it's a single agent that wants to grow a team or a single agent that just wants to create more leverage for themselves. Um, number one, you have to walk the path yourself. That's my rule. Right. And so uh, if I talk to anyone that is considered I had a single agent that is going to be joining me in coaching in February, he's going to grow a team. Dude made 500 cold calls a day before noon for a year straight. Whoa. Every day, seven days a week, 364 days. Cause he didn't do it on Christmas, like made 500 cold calls by noon. And then he had an hour time block for FISBOs an hour time block for appointments. And that was his schedule. That's how he grew his business. That guy knows what it takes to build a business, to create business, to put the work that it takes to be successful. He's ready to grow a team, yeah. right? But if you're someone that hasn't put in the work, hasn't learned a skill set, hasn't done that, and you haven't sold the houses yourselves, it's really hard to grow an organization on theory. Right. People want that's why I love doing this podcast, because none of this stuff is theory. All this stuff that we talk about, we have done. We have learned the hard way. We have put in the work and it's either worked or it hasn't worked. But it's we won't tell you anything that's, hey, this should work this way. No, it did or did not work this way for us. And I think it's very important as you grow in organizations in particular to build that trust and build your culture is um, you got to lead from the front. And if you have not sold houses yourself, if you're not willing to put in the work, it's not time to grow yet. You've got to learn first or have someone in your organization that is that person that's that key hire for your business. Perfect example is uh, we were doing Monday Mayhem and we were on a race to 100 appointments, right? And um, we were a few short. And so what did I do? As a leader of the organization, I don't sell anymore. I haven't sold any houses in three years. I jumped in. I jumped in, grabbed a headset and said, let's call. Let's call together. I'm in this with you. Guess what? We set five appointments in the next 20 minutes because the leader of the organization was right there beside them. I got this. Let's do it. We'll do it together. Right? Like that mentality makes all the difference in the world when you're growing an organization. So it goes back to what Ryan had mentioned is understand why you are growing. It's so important. Um, so another thing I think that is important to note is when you're growing, you have to set the proper expectations for the new people that are coming and also your current team members. And, um, We've done this right, we've done this wrong, and we've done done it in between, right? And so setting proper expectations for new team members is, I learned this from my coach, John Cheplak, is I'm big on culture. If you've followed this podcast, you know I'm huge on culture. We have a great family here at our team. Like, I just, I love our people, and we are very, very close. But it's very important that you don't get stuck in saying, hey, my culture is perfect. Because there's always things that can get better. And your culture is getting better or worse every single day. And so what John Cheplak taught me is don't recruit to your culture. Don't grow to your culture. You have to grow to your subculture. Meaning what are the things that maybe your culture is fantastic, but what are those one or two things that you wish could improve or wish could be better? Whether it's more activity, whether it's more presence in the office, whether it's um, someone that has this skill set. Like what are the things that can be improved in your organization and fill that with your new hires as you grow. So now your culture morphs and adds that to your culture, which is a living, breathing thing. Well, and we set the expectation up with everybody that we interview um, during the interview. And most people, a lot of people that come to interview with us, they know that cult they already know that culture is one of our main focuses because they've, you know, watched our YouTube videos, been following us on social media. So they understand that's a primary focus for us. But one thing that I always make a point to say to them is like, we, of course, don't want anybody coming into this organization that's going to be a negative impact on the culture. But also, we don't want somebody that's just going to be like a neutral to slightly positive impact on the culture. We want people that are going to 
take the initiative to invest in the culture, to give back, to make sure that they are having an extreme positive impact on moving our culture forward in a better direction. Yep. And if you don't have somebody that's got that mindset coming in, they'll just kind of float around and not, not get anywhere. Yeah. So there's a couple things you said there. Um, I'm going to, I want to hit on that. And I want to go back to something you said at the beginning is that everyone. So I remember I spoke on, um, uh, in Lake Tahoe, uh, in front of amazing leaders. And, um, one of the questions I was asked after my presentation, after my speech on stage was, Hey, you say you're going to grow your company. I said I was going to double my agent count. Guess what we did? We doubled our agent count. Number one, I keep commitments, right? Um, number two is they said, well, as you do that, you talked a lot on stage and it was a great speech, but you talked a lot about culture and how important it is. And so if you double in size, aren't you worried that your culture is going to get worse? It was a great question. My response was absolutely I'm concerned, but why does it have to? When we add more people that believe in and we add them the right way and they're the right people, how come our culture can't get twice as good? Why does it have to get worse as we grow? Why can't it get better? Yeah. Well, and I just like, that's it. That's the exact point right there is as you have more great people, you're going to be able to do more great things. I mean, just here recently, um, we're coming up on Christmas. We've had our cookies with Santa events at, at two of our offices. If we, dude, that only, was such a great event. Dude, it was freaking awesome. But if we only had, had half a pretty as many cool suit too, if you didn't see it on <laughs> Facebook, pretty solid. Um, if, if we only had a third of the people, like we did last year, we can't have that type of an event. Yep. We've got we've got three times as many people basically as we did this time last year, and we were able to have a much, much bigger impact for our past clients, for the community, just for all the kids in this area, being able to do stuff like the Cookies with Santa, Toys for Tots, um, Fostering Together stuff. Like it's whenever you have more great people, you can do more great things. Right. And that's why it's important that you grow and set the proper expectations for your new people. Um, you mentioned something that uh, a lot of people that we interview already know culture is important, already know about our people, already know about our reputation. Um, number one, it's because we have a great brand and we have great people and we have for many years that has poured into our communities, our clients, et cetera, to grow that brand. Like that goes out to our amazing people on our team. But we also, I think it's also important that you as someone that is listening to this, look into your marketing and your messaging. What does your brand say to the community? Does it say, hey, I'm just a salesperson? Or does it say, I actually care. I live here. I give back to the community. I want to help. I want to serve the community. We promote other businesses. We do cookies with Santa events. We are here to help and serve our community, not just buyers and sellers of real estate. And that message as far, and then also the message of amazing success stories of people on our team, the people that love our culture, like just all of that spread throughout our community, like everyone that comes in our door to interview already knows that because of the message that we are putting out. And it's not like we're like spreading a fake message. It's just who we are. Right. So make sure that you guys are doing that. Number one, make it an intention, right? You have to, you have to act on purpose for that, but don't be afraid to be you. People want to work with people. Yeah. That gets people excited to join an organization like this. Um, I mean, here recently, um, told you one that I was really excited oh, about. Dude, this is an amazing dude. Story. I got I got goosebumps from it. It like it kind of made me emotional, which is kind of weird to say, but just Grow up. I know, I'm right? just kidding. Just interviewing this guy from Florida. He legitimately he had thought about real estate. He has some family that is moving in this area, um, but he has hadn't been here since um, since basic training years and years ago. Um, that's his only tie to this area, really. But 
he started researching real estate companies in this area and he found ours and fell in love with our culture through this podcast, through our YouTube videos. And he is making it his mission to be a part of this specifically for helping people and being a part of what we've got going on here all the way from Florida. Someone is moving from Florida to Missouri during the winter yeah. makes zero sense um, because of the message that we put out there, because of the culture we have created, because of the impact we make in so many people's lives. Um, and like, that's an amazing story. And this is, isn't like a, Hey, we're wonderful. It's just make sure to use this as a lesson to audit your business, your message, your culture, your team, and how are you actually contributing to the people that matter in your community? Uh, Cause it makes a big, big difference. And you, and you'll know you'll do You're doing it right. Whenever you have, people from the outside who seemingly wouldn't have a grasp on what on what you're doing here. Yeah. Um, agents coming in, clients saying why they want to work with you. Um, it's always a good feeling whenever they they convey to you why they're wanting to work with you, whether that's as an agent or as a, a buyer or seller, they're conveying that to you for the exact reasons you'd want them to. Yeah. Yeah, one of the questions, like in an interview, as an example, and we ask, we survey our buyers and sellers too, is how'd you hear about us, right? And it's overwhelmingly like everyone has. Oh, I heard amazing things from such and such. That's a friend, or I saw this on your social media, or I just hear you guys are everywhere, and I hear this, and I hear that, or I know this person that works there, and they have nothing but great things. Like it's it's constant at this point um, because of we are very very intentional. We always put culture first. Um, so setting proper expectations for new people that are coming in is so crucial. Part of that expectation, if it's like an agent or an employee, is, of course, yes, culture is everything, but you also have a business to run. And so make sure you set the proper expectations with the activities that it requires, the effort that it takes, um, the timeline of the new agent. Like we work on a 90-day timeline. We tell everyone to expect not expect a paycheck for the first 90 days. At least. And, and in order to get it in 90 days, you're going to have to work your tail off right in order to achieve that um so we set proper expectations of what it's required to be successful but we also paint the picture of if you do this here's what's possible right and so but you have to make sure you set those proper expectations like as an example um we're actually doing a webinar uh you guys we should probably drop in the show notes colin um is we're doing a webinar with one of our new agents been on board with us for six months in this transitioning market going to close 30 deals in his first six months zero sales experience because of him putting in the work that we talked about in our onboarding process, right? Like it's, so that shows what is possible, but it's up to you as a leader, you as the organization to make sure you set those proper expectations with them. Um, setting proper expectations for new or current team members is very crucial as well. Um, making sure they understand why you're growing, making sure that you un they understand how important you are vetting the culture for them and protecting them in the culture and bringing in the right people. Um, ask for their feedback. Right. Ask for, hey, we're, we're going to grow like our, we're almost too big to do this now. Right. Um, but like there was times where we were growing and we still do it a certain extent. Right. But it's not as as in depth as it used to be is, hey, we have these two agents that want to join our company. Um, are you guys on board for growth? Like we literally said that in our team meetings before. Yeah. Whenever right? we had probably 10 to 15 or less yep. agents. Yeah. We were asking that every time. Like, yep. hey, we've got these people. We talked to them. They, they seem awesome. Yep. 
because we made decisions as a team, right? Yeah. Um, what we've done now is we've gained that trust. And as we have grown, it's just, um, we just tell them like before we grow, grew and added 20 agents, like everyone knew it was coming, yeah. right? It wasn't a surprise. It wasn't a shock. And we also paint the picture of how that actually creates more opportunity, not less. And I think that's a part of culture too, is there's a lot of cutthroatness in real estate. And a lot of people are fighting over leads or fighting back and forth. And it's just an important part of our culture that has worked well for us that I would encourage you to look into is that this is not agent versus agent. This is us as a team for the client. Well, I think I think two things that most people that are listening to this are probably going to get some bit of pushback on is the thought of bringing all these new people will hurt our culture. So you got to walk them through that. But then also, yeah, like, oh, there's going to be less leads for us or going to be less opportunities for us now that it's getting divided amongst 20 people instead of 10. And that is when you've got to walk them through how that thought process actually needs to work. And it definitely helps if you have, um, cause I've been this person for a bit is if you have somebody that's been with the team for, for more than a year and has been through that growth of, you know, two agents to four agents, four agents to 10 agents, having somebody that's able to give real world examples as far as guys, as we grow, it only means more and more opportunity for everybody involved. Yep. And if if they are able to legitimately say that, and it, it is true, if you're running a good company, that is going to be the case. But as you get more people, like we've talked about with the Cookies for Santa example, like as you get more people doing good things in the community, in the business, you're going to be able to generate more leads and more business and it's going to be easier and easier for those people on your team to get business because of the reputation that everybody yep. builds as a collective group. And so it only increases opportunities available. Yeah, and 100%. It's uh, so crucial that you deliver that message to where they actually understand it and do that in a question-based format so that they, I mean, you want your people to have a voice. It's very crucial. Um but you also can't be handcuffed, right, as a leader, is you have to be able to grow for them. You have to get them out of their own way at certain times. And the best way to do that is to show them proof. Have someone else be the voice of, here's what I've experienced. Also, you have to have that trust with your people, right? Like, I audit our leads very closely. I audit our opportunities very closely. And, like, if at any time we are like, hey, we're getting thin on opportunities for our agents – I got to act drastically to make sure that we are working ahead. Again, 80, 80% rule, not 120%, right? Like, hey, we have too many agents, not enough leads, it's time to fix it. No, I need to be ahead of that to make sure we have enough opportunities, enough leads, enough things for growth, to support growth. So that's a part of when you're thinking, talking about growing pains, you need to grow as far as opportunity and leverage and support ahead of where you're growing, not after you grow. Yeah, and I think for team leaders out there that are are – are wanting to grow, I just don't want you to be surprised or caught off guard or frustrated with your current agents whenever you make this decision. Like, don't don't be frustrated with them for the natural human reaction to think those thoughts that I just mentioned. Walk them through that, but make sure that they do trust you. Like, like hopefully you've earned their trust at this point so that even if you don't have an agent that can show them like, hey, as we've grown, like maybe you're not to that point yet. As we've grown, we've seen more and more opportunity. Just have their trust to then grow and show them that, hey, have them realize that this is the case. So it kind of depends on where you're at in your journey, but don't get mad at them for having those thoughts. Those are natural human thoughts. 
whenever whenever yeah. growth happens, a lot of people are are hesitant to growth. But walk them through that, have that open communication, and paint that vision for what it's going to look like. Well, let's replace the word growth with change. Yeah, human beings are resistant to change, yeah. right, of any sort, and so you have to expect that as a leader. Um, and so, yeah, it's very important not to get defensive or combative at that point, right? That's not them questioning your leadership. That's just them with the human, na- uh, natural human tendency. Of- well, and you've probably, you've probably been thinking about it for years, wanting to grow. They're having that brought on them as you're having that conversation with them. They haven't had, a, had time to think through that whole process. Um, dude. Yeah. Good stuff. So how do we, let's break down a little further. How do we get, how do, what process did we go through to get our team on board for our growth? Like what are some steps that you think are important? It's all blur. Um, (laughs) really just having that conversation with them. So at that point, I mean, at the beginning of this year, um, or the end of last year, we had 20 agents, roughly a little bit less. Um, everybody on our team has been impacted by somebody mentoring them and helping them grow as an agent. So painting that vision like we just talked about of what it's going to look like as we grow, setting proper expectations like we are going to have a lot of new people in the office. Well, let me add, let me jump in here. Yeah. Is It's important to remember telling is not selling, right? And that goes for you with a buyer or seller, also with you, you to your team. When you're delivering a message, you need to have leading questions. You need to like, as an example, I remember this rollout. Like one of the questions that demonstrated exactly what you just said and talked about was, guys, I want you to really think, close your eyes. And I want you to close your eyes and really think if someone in this room has impacted your life in a personal or professional way that has really made a difference, I want you to raise your hand. Everybody had their eyes closed. Everybody's in the room. Hands went up. I said, all right, everybody open your eyes and look around. Like we have an impact on each other. And what is our core focus here at Massmouth Real Estate Group? It's changing lives. Do you guys want to help more people? Do you want to be helped by more people? Yes. Here's how we do it. Yep. Like that's buy-in. Yep. Versus, hey, we're just growing because we have to. Yep. Right. You have to start with leading questions and you have to demonstrate leadership and explain. I explain in that in that sequence, I explained why it's important to grow without telling them why it's important to grow. It's it's demonstrating that growth, demonstrating that meaning behind it is how you rolled things like that out. It's so crucial. Yep. Anything else you want to add to that? No, no, that's pretty much it on that. Cool. Um, let's uh, let's talk about some other growing pains we kind of hit on it a little bit we've had growing pains with our operations department growing pains with our agents growing pains with leadership um growing pains with isa you name it you name a department that has ever existed in real estate we've experienced growing pains um so what what sticks out in your mind ryan dude business is hard real estate's hard um so you're gonna you're gonna run into tough uh tough things as you grow um i think I think one of the biggest growing pains is it's really knowing that somebody's capable of something and then maybe them not taking it and running with it. And that can be frustrating for the people that are for the leaders in the organization that's really caring to help them. So that's one of my biggest struggles. Yeah. So, I mean, just just hitting on agents in particular, um, every agent that we hired earlier this year is but not all of them are still on our team. Correct. But what you need to do as leadership in that case is 
set up proper expectations, provide like really care to provide them as many tools, guidance, training, mentorship that you can. But overall, they have to be the ones that make some of that those decisions to run with it. So if you've got somebody that's coming on, that's going through the same training, and they're seeing results right away because they're implementing things, you can't take it super hard that this other person that had the same opportunities is not getting there. That doesn't mean they're a bad person or that they're not a good culture fit in most ways, but you can't do all the work for them. And you can't, because I mean, I went through this, like it gets you really depressed because these people trust you to help them and you feel like you're doing everything that you can to help them, but they've got to put in the effort as well. Dude, it's, I literally just had a coaching call right before this podcast with coach pipes. And that's exactly what we talked about. Um, and here's the advice he gave me that I'll share with you guys is that it is not your responsibility as a leader to make people successful. Agents are going to do what agents are going to do. It is your job to provide the environment, to provide the opportunity, to provide the systems for them to make the choice to be successful, but that's their choice and not yours. And shame on you as a leader. This is him talking to me. Shame on you as a leader. If you expect more of them than they expect of themselves, because that puts unnecessary pressure on them in their life. And it was just, it's something I struggle with because I'm very intense. I'm very passionate. Um, I tend to cuss a lot, um, but I'm, dude, I, I have one of the biggest hearts of people that you ever meet. Like I care deeply about people and I have a bit of a gift um, to see potential in others. And it's, I struggle with this so, so hard to see someone that is closing, they closed two transactions last month, but they could have closed five, yeah. right? They could have done it. They could have done more. And I know that they're struggling financially in this aspect because I get to know my people. I care about them. And I know the answer and the solution to get them out of that hardship or get them out of that struggle. But it's not my responsibility or burden to do the work for them. It's my responsibility to let them know that that opportunity exists and to give them everything so they can choose to take advantage of that opportunity. But if they choose not to, number one, I don't need to scold them. I've done that in the past, right? Number two, I don't need to look down upon them because they didn't take advantage of it. That is their choice. I need to encourage them to want to do more when they want to do more. Um, and if it's below the standard you have as a team, then it's a different conversation to have. But it's um, leadership lesson as you are growing. It's it's I mean, it's still one of my biggest struggles is that when people aren't successful in your organization, it's not always your fault. It's important to look like I believe in accepting responsibility. So I always look in the mirror and I think that always ties into how I feel about this is because I feel like everything in life is my fault. Right. And so but ultimately that onboarding class of those people, how many of those had the exact same opportunity and where do they all stand on the leaderboard? Yeah, All of them had the same opportunity. It's yeah. just what did they choose to do with it? And have I had the conversations with the ones that maybe haven't taken as much advantage to try to help coach them through it? Have I, have I done what I need to do to help them be successful? And if you can lay down knowing that you've done everything that you can without pushing them too far – Ultimately, it's their choice. It's their life. It's not, they don't want what I want, right? They don't want what you want as a leader. It's what's important to them. And it's it's a tough leadership lesson, especially as you grow, because you really, I deeply care about our people, but I can't want it more for them than they want it for themselves. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that and that is, I mean, that is a a burden and something that you just have to just have to learn. And you should, like you mentioned, you should be continuously auditing what you could have done better because there's surely things that if I'd done this, this, and this, maybe that person would have been in a better spot. Um, if you're not doing that, you're not growing. So yeah. you need to need to be auditing yourself. But also, you can't have the expectation whether it's especially with brand new agents to the industry, some people just aren't going to like it. Like, and that doesn't mean that they didn't, it doesn't mean they didn't get good training. It doesn't mean that they weren't trying super hard. And it doesn't mean that they weren't necessarily starting to get the ball rolling and getting good results. But if at the end of the day, you get into the business and realize this just isn't what I enjoy, then that's, it, it took going through that to figure that out. And that is, that is frustrating at times, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, attrition is normal, especially yeah. in real estate, especially as this market is adjusting and normalizing, right? Like attrition is normal. Um, and this isn't to freak anyone out. And I hope to God this doesn't happen in our organization. But my coach, John Cheplak, to expect said to expect 50% turnover in the next 12 months. He said some teams, 75%. You won't recognize your roster 12 months from now for a lot of bigger teams in bigger cities. Just because as this market normalizes and coming off of the market that we had, not everyone is going to take advantage and do the activities and build the skill set that it takes in this market. Um, like one of our coaches, Isaac Guzman, says, it, some people think it doesn't take all that. But in this market, it takes all that. It takes role playing every day. It takes educating yourself every day. It takes building your skill set. It takes prospecting consistently, having follow up, handling objections and pushing through and staying in the box has been a phrase we've been using a lot lately. When you're in that conversation, don't hang up on them. It takes a lot of different things. It takes a lot of grit, a lot of skill set, a lot of activity in today's real estate market. And not everyone signed up for that. A lot of real estate agents signed up to have a fancy car, show property once a week and make all kinds of money. And that's just not the market that we're in. And we have to realize that it's our responsibility to help them make a choice sometimes for themselves that they're not willing to make. Right. And so like we've had a conversation recently with with someone that it went it ended very, very well. Um, but it was just like I feel like you were struggling to make a decision that, you know, was best for you and your family. So I'm going to help you. I love and care about you enough that I'm going to help you make this decision that we both know is the right decision for you. Yeah. And that's to go get work somewhere else. Yeah. Right. And so like those aren't the fun parts of leadership. No, not but fun. ultimately, like after that, like I even just now just saying that, like, I feel good about myself because I know for a fact his family will be in a better position six months from now being somewhere else than they would have been in real estate. Yeah. And if you have for those sure. people, you owe that to them in, in, in uh, as a leadership um, in, in this business. Yeah. Another thing talking about growing pains is you may be in a position where where things are going very smoothly. You've got, oh you've got experienced agents um, and you're not getting the level of questions that you'll get from bringing on 20 brand new agents. You've got, you've got to mentally prepare yourself for the level of responsibility and the level of efforts that's going to come along with that. So obviously whenever you are growing quick, you're going to have a lot of training. Who's going to be doing your training? You're going to have an insane number of questions and you need to have a place to point these newer agents to for their tra training, for their questions. That's something we didn't have in place extremely well. Um, whenever we had our biggest amount of growth that we've been catching up with through systems like Trainual. Um, it's, it's, an, it's an insane amount of 
responsibility and effort that comes along with bringing on that many people yeah. and se- and setting them up for success. If you are blessed like we are, we have a lot of great agents that were already on our team that, like I meant, like we mentioned earlier, have been helped by more experienced people whenever they came on. So they have the mindset of giving back to new agents and want to see them succeed as well. So we are very blessed in that sense that it's it's amazing whenever we've, we've got newer agents asking questions in, in a knowledge-based chat that we have. D- pretty detailed, tough questions about what would you guys do in this situation? And we've got other members on the team, other agents stepping in to answer those questions. And sometimes that's coming, those answers are, those correct answers are coming from people that have not been on the team very long, but their growth curve is cut down so, so much because of the amount of training we have and because the more experienced agents on our team have done a great job of coaching others through that. Yeah, dude, very well said. Um, there's a, I thought you were going a different direction with that. Um, so I'll hit on that in just a second, but it's very important too, that as you were bringing people on, we set, set setting proper expectations. One of those expectations is, yes, we have tons of resources, but the biggest thing you can do, so I'm going to role play with you if I'm bringing you on, Ryan, is like, hey, do we have all these resources? We have training, we have this CRM, we have technology, we have the best of the business and all of these assets that it's going to take for you to be successful. But resources don't make you successful. It's your resourcefulness that really, really matters. And so we are here to be your guide and be your support. But ultimately, you need to accept responsibility and take initiative yourself, which are two of our core values here, in order to be resourceful to find the answers for those questions. And so as an example, and like we tell people when they're when they're um, onboarding, like when you come to me with a question, like I promise you, I want you to understand what this means is like when you ask me a question, I want to answer. But I also want to teach you how to find the answer yourself. And so I'm going to ask Anybody that comes to me in an organization with a question, I always ask a question is how I answer it. What do you think? Because it's helping them teach and be resourceful. It's so, so important. And so it teaches them to come with a problem and potential solutions. So they work through that problem and they learn from that. And I think doing that from a leadership perspective and carrying that through our organization really helps with the growth curve as you, as you grow as well. Yeah. And you've got to set those expectations up front that they need to be resourceful yep. because there are going to be times when they haven't just been handed the information that they're going to want. And if you've got if you've got people that you brought on that are just expecting everything to be handed to them, you're setting them up for success. And it's just, it's going to cause a lot of friction that's unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. This business is not for those people. No. Because there is not. no real estate in a box, right? Every deal is different. Um, but so you hit on, um, hey, when things are going really good and everything seems to be smooth sailing, um, and I kind of freaked out a little bit because I had a flashback. Like uh, we've had several <laughs> of those moments where like, man, look this around. Is, this is really this going is, good. This is awesome, dude. We're going full speed. Everything's going great. And then all of a sudden a big ass storm comes rolling in. Right. And so what I have learned to do is that I'm always trying to improve and constantly change and innovate. And I call it the calm before the storm, right? When things are going great, I'm like, all right, what's going to break next? And let's anticipate that versus it being a big ass storm where we wreck. Right. Let's uh, let's veer around the storm or let's let's make sure that we're going a different direction or make sure we can calm that storm before we get there. Dude. Yeah, because things are going to break. Bad things are going to happen. And the longer you're in this business, the less I think each one will hurt. I mean, we talked about this the other day, like something like going through tough situations, tough conversations, eventually like 
they're always tough, but it's always like, all right, we've we've been through these types of conversations, these types of situations before. We always get to the other side of it, but you only get to the other side of it by always doing the right thing and what's best for the company and everybody involved. If if you are moving forward, always making progress and making ethical decisions, you're going to you're going to figure it out. Yep. And that's what we just continue to do as we grow our company. We just what's what's the right thing to do? You do that thing and you get past that situation, you get further down the road and things grow and Dude, you get we things fixed. We don't lead this organization on emotions. We don't lead this this organization on anything other than values and principles, right? It always comes down to, does that align with our core values? Does it align with the principles that we believe in? Like Ryan mentioned one, like, is it the right thing to do? Cool, do it. Yeah. Right? Like, in a conversation, If do you it. start making decisions outside of that, you're just going to get yourself in trouble. And you're going you're gonna to lose trust in your people. You're going to lose trust in your community. Well, take it from me. We've done that. We've made exceptions to rules. Yeah. We've made exceptions to that because we thought at the time maybe it was the right thing to do. And it always backfires every single time. Yeah. And so you can't do that. You owe it to everyone in your organization to make sure that you believe in your values and your principles that you stand for and uphold them at all times, mm-hmm. regardless of the situation. They, those stand true. And that's how you truly lead an organization. So learn from my mistakes. Don't bend the rules. Even when you think, oh, they make a good point. It makes, it's just this one time. You can't do it. Yeah. And, and looking back earlier, 2022, after we brought on 20 agents in a f- just a few months, that was, that was overwhelming. I don't think I, I wasn't mentally prepared for what that would look like fully. And so we, we let off the throttle as far as recruiting. And I wish we wouldn't have. I know Dude, Matt's. I know Matt's glad, that, Colin, Matt's glad play to that hear back, say that because play that back because I, we fought, we butted heads so hard on that. Is and ultimately the leadership team made a decision, and I abided by it. But I'm glad we learned a valuable lesson there. Is that it's um, it's never going to be perfect as you grow. Yeah, it's it's not going to be perfect, and you're not going to find more great people by stopping that flow of. Well, we've turned down a couple of people because we didn't have quote unquote room for them yeah. um, that are either no longer in the business or work in another organization that seemed would have been a great fit. And I know for a fact at the bottom of my heart, they'd be more successful if they were with us. Yeah. Right. And so I feel like we did a disservice in a sense, not to mention yeah, the other we people did. we stopped marketing to, et cetera. Um, and so it's just, <laughs> I got this from Chet Black too, is uh, always be recruiting, right? Never take your foot off the gas. Always have an open door for the right people to your organization. Yeah, and I think I think primarily for me to come back to that conclusion um, and and admit that Matt was right on that is oh, record that. <laughs> Let's play that one back. Well, uh, Matt was what? Colin, ignore that. <laughs> um, it, it really took just learning that lesson. I hadn't learned that lesson yet, yep. and it's seeing that unfortunately not everybody is going to work out and stay with a company or just not not going to be a good fit for everybody not everybody's going to be successful but you only find the people that are a good fit and are going to be successful in this career by continuing to recruit and going through some of the disappointment that comes along with bringing on five new people and two of them just don't work out yeah yeah and that's normal right it's math 
It's right. It's yeah, it's uh it's we all know the failure rate of real estate agents. It's like 87% fail within the first three years. Why in the hell do we think we're so special that 100% of the people we bring on are going to be successful in this business when it's unrealistic? Well, I think I think a lot of that was like, I don't know if you call it recency bias or what. We had a very good track record for the first five years of our business that yep. literally everybody that came in was successful. But it's just it's just a little bit different. We yeah, we well, hired differently then. Well, yeah, and it's way easier when you're smaller, yeah. right? Um, and when you're bringing on one agent every six months, yeah. you can be more intimate with them. And you only have four other agents. Well, you can spend more of that one-on-one -on -one time. You can have more time to develop the skills. It's it's different, right? As you grow at different stages, and so it's important that you recreate that so they um, everyone gets the same experience. What I think has worked best for us is onboarding classes, right? When people come on and they have that other people, they build that bond within our team that is within that onboarding class, right? It um, is yeah. so much tougher to bring on one person at a time. If you can bring on five or more at a time, they're going to learn a lot more together. Three minimum, right? Like Dude. is ideal. Yeah. Because it's just, it's, it's better for the agents that are coming on board and it's better for everybody that's involved on the onboarding process and the training process because you're spending your time training. I mean, yeah three or more people. So just one. Yeah. So, um, I heard this from, uh, actually at a Tahoe event, um, your picker's broken, mm, yeah. right? Like nobody, we think, and again, I've learned, I've learned this the hard way. They're absolutely right. Like I screwed it up. So learn from me, um, is that you cannot interview someone and completely understand if they're going to be successful in this business. It is impossible. You can have the best interview in the world and say, holy shit, this guy, this girl is going to crush it. And 30 days later, they just flop. Dun, dun, dun. Didn't work out, yeah. right? Then you have this person, you're like, ah, oh, shit, I don't, I'm not sure if we should hire this one or not. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of on the line. Let's make sure we set clear expectations. Let's monitor it closely. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, and they come out the gates and just fucking destroy, right? Yeah. Like just dominate. So quit trying to have a perfect picker because it's broken. Because like I said earlier, it is, I don't make people successful they choose to be successful and they don't know if they're going to make that choice until they get in it. They see what the work is and you just don't know that until they get in. And so, yes, you need to hire for core values. You need to have a process, but don't make it so hard and don't make it like you're trying to pick the perfect person. You get them in the door, get them embodied in the culture. A lot of people will surprise you in the good way or in the bad way, right? You'll be surprised when you bring enough people on board and so just give them that opportunity if they're good people and you feel like they're a good culture fit. In my my opinion, our organization, they deserve an opportunity. Yeah, I agree. You just don't know. That's right. So quit trying to overpick. Quit trying to make it difficult to join your organization. I, I, I've said this before to onboarding classes. Well, you guys understand how hard it is to get on here. Like, and I had a wake up call one day. I was in an event and I think it was when, I think it was Sunid or someone said, your picker's broken. I'm like, why in the hell do I brag to new people about how hard it is to get a job at a place where I'm trying to hire new people? Yeah. Something's fucked up there. Like we need to fix that. Um, so dude, I think there's a lot to unpack here. Um, so when we scaled, we were at, I think we were at 19, 18 or 19 agents, right? And we brought on, I believe it was 24 agents or something crazy. Um, Cause we were over 40. I think we were at 42. Um, so we brought on 24 agents in, 
in like a 60-day period, 20 of those in like a 30-day period. And so let's break down briefly, and I think this will be a whole other podcast or a webinar or something where we break down this step because I'm assuming there's people listening that would be like, shit, I want to bring on 20 agents. How did you do it? What's the secret? And I think we need to be probably in a webinar setting or something to break the, these steps down. But just an overarching theme, like from your perspective, how did we do that? For one, it was just taking the initiative to decide, hey, we're going to we're going to double our business. And I think it was your Lake Tahoe speech where you said, we're going to double our business next year. Public declaration. Yeah, we're, all right, we're doing that now. And I think too, that kind of proved that there were people out there looking for it. And we just were not giving them that message or that opportunity. So we're depriving some very good people of the opportunity to join our team to find out more about real estate for one with your webinars that you did earlier this year and, and come on board with our team. Yep. And it really just took putting that message out there to let them know that that opportunity is there. Dude. Yeah, I agree. It started with just make a decision, right? Like, um, actually started before that. And you said it public declaration guys. Um, I use an analogy all the time and internally here at our organization, I'll share it with you is if I were to give you two examples, and say that health and fitness is a priority for you, which it should be, because the better you feel, the better you perform, right? Um, and so if you decide that that is a, something that's important to you, if you just, you don't tell anyone, and it's just you, and you're working out in your home gym, or you're doing a beach body thing, or whatever, and you wake up and you're really, really tired, what are the odds that you would just hit snooze and say, I'll do it tomorrow? I would be willing to bet they're 50% plus for most people, right? But... If I told Ryan, Ryan, dude, I want to lose 25 pounds. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to do this. I'm going to meet you at the gym 6 a.m. every morning. And I know Ryan is counting on me. And I don't want to let Ryan down. Or I make a big social media post or a combination like I'm committed to doing this. And I declare it to the public. What are the chances in that same situation I hit the snooze button or I wake up? Yeah. It's less than 5%. It's like being a liar. Yeah, right? So what that taught me is we as human beings are not afraid to let ourselves down. We do it so often, but we are afraid to let other people down. And if we showed ourselves the care we show others, our lives would be so much better. Whole another podcast, but public declaration equals manifestation. You want something to happen, declare it publicly and then hold yourself accountable. So uh, public declaration, I think just making the decision, right? Like that's huge. Like just, just decide we're doing this. That's it. All right, let's build a plan. Let's take action, right? One of the things we did with taking action was we put up job ads, right? Um, I'm just making, as we're brainstorming here, just making some notes. Job ads, we did some webinars. Like one of our webinars that kicked off crazy was, I have crazy ideas at times. And so it was a Saturday. I was sitting in my lake house. I was just bored. I'm like, we're talking about recruiting. We want to do a webinar. I think I can do that. And so I just started figuring shit out. I created a webinar through lead pages. Um, I integrated with our Zoom uh, web. I upgraded a webinar account and I just figured it the fuck out. And I just created all marketing pieces. And I sent them a market, marketing team Saturday night and said, hey, we're doing this on Monday. I need you to send this, this and this. I created it like yeah. <laughs> like I just I just figured it out. Um, a lot of that comes from the decision. Right. But also I just had that mentality of ready, fire and then aim. Right. Like I'll figure while it's going, while we're it's uh, I think Colin shared this analogy with us yesterday. It's way easier to steer a moving car. Like if you're just sitting in the car trying to steer it, try to turn the wheel. Mm-hmm. It's freaking impossible. But as soon as you start moving, it's way easier to steer it. So you got to move, start going somewhere. Yeah. 
So take action is very, very important. Um, so webinars, we also um, we also engaged our team, right? If you remember, like we had, um, and again, this came through leading questions. Hey, who, who loves their coworkers? Who wants more people that are the right people? Like how cool would it be to work with more of your best friends, more people that inspire you, that motivate you? Cool, here's your opportunity. And we created a, um, what do we call it? Like a, it's not a scholarship. Uh, uh, like a recruitment bonus. A, yeah, recruiting incentive or something like that. If they were to be the one that introduced them to us and then we hired them upon X and X closings, they got X and X dollars, right? Um, to incentivize them to bring great people. Because I think a lot of people underestimate this in the power of real estate is that you have great people in your organization that know other great people. Yeah. So utilize that, get them on your side, let them know that you're recruiting, incentivize them to bring other great people. And now the curve of trying to find the right people, like it's way easier because this person that you trust, that you love, it's a great part of your culture is vouching for this other person and they want them to be a part of it. Yeah. They, the people that are already, already on your team know what it takes to be successful. They know this other person very well. They, yeah, it's going to give a way better chance that those people, if they say, Hey, you should do real estate and that person wants to come on. They're a great fit. They know what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also, um, we also did a, we offered real estate school. So we partnered with real estate school. We bought it in-person classes. Um, so we, we were the first ones in our area to actually offer that. And so it made it easy for new people that attended my day in the life webinar that were interested in being in real estate. Well, guess what? Good news. We actually have a class coming next week. We'll see you there. It was a nights and weekends class. So you could do it after work. Yeah. Right. Like we made it easy for them to become real estate agents. We made it easy for them to join our organization because a lot of those 20, like we're in a pretty rural area to do the amount of business we do. We, we created them. Right? When I say that, I mean, like they, they weren't licensed yet. They were interested in real estate. We helped them get licensed. We helped them get trained and brought them on board. And so um, if that's something that's interesting to you, there's there's a lot of value there. Another thing we did is, again, I, I believe in removing barriers. And this was a conversation when we made this decision is this is an investment. Like just when we talk about the 80 percent versus the 120 percent for growth, mm -hmm. like a lot of people look at that as an expense and they're wrong. It's not an expense. It's an investment in your growth. Reinvesting in your business. So too many people don't understand the importance of that. You have to always get back to the business first. And if you plan on growing, you have to invest in the business. And so growing that 20% delta, that investment back in your business is crucial for your sustainability and growth. And so I looked at, we were, hey, we decided we're going to grow, right? We're going to double our agent count. So here's an investment. Another thing that we did above and beyond the school was we offered a scholarship program for the people that qualified. And like, if you meet these barriers and you show us that you're interested in this, like we will pay for your real estate school up front and you will pay us back out of these closings, et cetera, down the road to make it easier and lower that barrier of entry to get into this business to see if they are going to make it um, in this career. Yep. I think that kind of covers the steps. Like you want to know how to, uh, how to uh, add 20 agents in 30 days. There's your formula right there. Yeah, and I mean, there's, we could go a lot more in depth as far as, I mean, there's other things, of course, you got to keep in mind, like what's your training look like for that many people? Who's going to be doing that training? Oh, yeah, we forgot that part. Yeah, I guess <laughs> we kind of did <laughs> in real life, too. Um, but it it is like there's there's a lot that goes into that. So you do need like don't be scared of it because if you want to grow, you got to figure that out. Um, but, yeah, there's there's a lot of work that goes into coming up with what that looks like as far as onboarding all those new agents. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's close this out, Ryan. Um, 
I want to actually mention before we go to the close is guys, if like, I think this would be a good webinar, uh, how to, how to add 20 agents in 30 days, right? So if this is something you'd be interested in, you're listening to this, uh, shoot me a message, comment wherever you're listening, um, reach out to me and let me know. And we can absolutely set that up. It's, uh, something I'm committed to is giving back to real estate agents is I'm going to do a webinar a month at a minimum. And this may be a good topic. Get some more questions around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me know what questions you have, what clarity you need, if it's even interesting to you and, and we can get that scheduled for sure. Um, so Ryan closing out, what advice do you have for people that are looking to scale their business in any asset, like any aspect? It's a wanting to grow a team. I'm already a team. I want to double in size or I want to add this or I want to maybe open an expansion market. Like what what adv overarching advice would you have someone looking to scale? Yeah, just recap recapping that. Make sure that, kind of where we started. Make sure you have clarity on why you want to do that. That way you can convey that properly to your team to get buy in, explaining that to them and then take action. That's it. You make the decision and make it happen. Right. Um, so clarity is crucial. Um, I also think it's important to do a capacity exercise. Like where are you at capacity? What room do you have for growth with your current structure? And what would be the capacity if you added an assistant, if you added a buyer's agent? What does that capacity expand to? as you grow, like to plan that out. That's part of the clarity phase. Um, and I also think there's another part that most people, and I'm surprised I haven't talked about it in this webinar because it's a huge buzzword for me, is you hear it all over, leverage, 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 but do leverage will change your life if you do it the right way. And so make sure that you are growing strategically and you have clarity around that. Like a key leverage point that we've implemented recently that has been phenomenal has been VA support. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we have some phenomenal international team members that are just dude, they're <laughs> I love all of our employees, but there's some they're up there on some of our best employees. Right. Like they are phenomenal. And so don't discount that. Of course, there's training involved, different things like that. Um, as a matter of fact, as an extra value add, I know the um, the owner of Sphere Rocket and I can get you connected if you're interested um, in learning more about VAs. Um, shoot, maybe that's another webinar. I don't know. Um, amazing. But yeah. Uh, do, do amazing support. They help train them like it's they do help you with the interview process. Um, and they're very, very cost effective for real estate business. And it's also they're very appreciative too. like it's a win win on both mm -hmm. sides. And so uh, that's interesting. You reach out to me, too. I'd love to help get, get you connected there. But as you grow in scale, you need to scale to capacity, have clarity on what you're doing and create leverage for you and your team members. And it all comes down to who are you going to serve as you scale, right? Like I think a lot of people look to scale so they can make more money. And that's where you could go wrong. Scaling ultimately will create more leverage, will create more freedom, both time and money freedom eventually. But as you scale initially, it's an investment. Yeah. Like I remember when we were scaling, like in even this 30 day period, dude, we lost money. Oh, yeah. It was an investment in our growth. Right. And so um, just make sure you're prepared for all that if you want to scale. And that's why it's important to have clarity on why you want to. Um, but have clarity on it. Create that leverage. Figure out what your capacity is and then just go all in like all or nothing. Right. Well said. Awesome, guys. Uh, well, I appreciate you listening. Ryan, thanks for being on. Yeah, this it was fun. Was, yeah, this was very helpful. Um, and as always, make sure that you're following us on all our social platforms um, and keep an eye out for webinars. Uh, we have a, a lot of webinars that's uh, we had like 500 registrants for our, our next one that we're doing. We're actually doing one with um, the agent I mentioned in this podcast that is uh, uh, sold 30 houses in his first six months. Yeah, you guys don't want to miss that one. No. Um, uh, yeah, so you guys got to stay tuned for that. Colin will link that in the show notes uh, so you have access to that. Um, and just make sure you also uh, look at our private group. We do kind of exclusive takeaways there. This is not, guys, we're not selling anything. This is 
truly a value add. Like I just enjoy doing this. I look forward to these days. I love helping people. Um, so share this with a friend. Like if you found some, you know, someone that is um, interested in real estate, looking to grow a business, looking to scale that this would help share with the coworker, share with the friend, help spread the word. Um, we're just trying to do the good deed of giving back here. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Thanks guys. We'll catch you next time. Thanks. Thanks.